stress, isolation, and loneliness in America. People are stressed out. What you really need is those human connections back. We are getting isolated. We are getting into our own silos, not talking to each other. And having that experience of our humanity, our, our connection with each other, is really the way we're going to get out of this. A number of times, the pain that we feel is actually not related to just the pain it's it's actually created by our mind and having an ability to kind of really calm your mind down and and really let the body kind of do its work is actually one of the most most important thing that anybody suffering from chronic pain can do one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. This week, I am doing a deep dive into physical health. I was lucky enough to meet Jitendra Gupta, who is a tech giant. And I met him actually at the beginning of the pandemic. You'll hear the whole story. I'm not going to repeat it. But I just want to alert you guys that part of seeing one beautiful soul is taking care of our physical bodies and helping each other do the same. So we are starting to interview people uh, similar to Dr. Hamal Patel um, from first season. And we're really going to be talking more about how our bodies and our emotions and our spirits connect about on this week's episode. And I really sympathize and empathize with anyone who has ever been through something that the doctor said you would have for the rest of your life. I had one of those moments recently. It was really scary. And I have done this incredible metamorphosis in health and healing. I I thought I was already healthy, but it started me on this wonderful journey. So I hope that something along my journey can help one of you guys. And if you have any questions or comments, please DM us at my Instagram, Barbie Heller, or you can email us back. Um, if you get our newsletter, if you're not on our newsletter, go to barbheller.com, look up c1beautifulsoul.com and you can easily join the newsletter and find out whenever we have a brand new episode. You can also just email me at info at barbheller.com. That's info at B-A-R-B-H-E-L-L-E-R.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Jitendra, it is such an honor to have you. I already look up to you so much. And uh, before we begin, I'm going to introduce you by the story that happened to me, which is how I found your amazing company. I don't even want to call it a company. I want to call it like a healthcare system. <laughs> that um, It's really amazing. So you and I met during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um I was the one of the first people to be on lockdown in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I believe in India, they were already on lockdown, correct? I think they were. Yeah. yeah. So it was March 5th, and I got a call from my head of school. I was working at four different schools, teaching kids meditation, mindfulness, my own curriculum, uh, accompanied with the arts, writing and, and speaking and singing. And one of the schools called me. And even though I was only there one day a week, she's the head of school said, you have to stay in your apartment for nine days. And my heart stopped because I don't do drugs. I've never smoked pot, never been drunk, but I love nature. And similar to a lot of my Indian friends, if I don't connect with the earth, skin to the earth every day, I don't have a good day. 
So I need to nature walk every day. It is my only drug. And I love to talk to strangers. It's one of my things. It's why I started this podcast and I have a documentary on it. So that was like cutting my limbs off. That's literally how I felt. And I'm thinking I have to stay in this tiny apartment on Central Park and the park's right out there. And I can't, I can't even see it from my window. And then I prayed and I meditated. And in that meditation, I asked God what I always do. Not why is this happening? Because that's the worst question to ask because who are we, God? I asked, what can I do in this moment? And I tur- I swear to God, I opened up my computer and I saw, <laughs> I'm going to start crying, myyogateacher.com. And I thought, oh, I have the chills thinking about this right now because I actually haven't told the story ever. We lived it, but this is my first time t- telling the story to our, our listeners. And I swear I opened it up and it was like free session uh, right now, one-on-one. I'm like, wait, one-on-one? Okay, where's the hook? And I signed up for a session that day. I signed up for a session the next day. It was the only window of mental wellness that I had for those first three days where I felt like someone was in my apartment. See, I hadn't really used Zoom so much. And all of a sudden I am with someone who's holding my heart and really practicing yoga. And I, of course, have done a deep dive since the pandemic began um, through Deepak Chopra's work of really understanding what yoga is. I've been taking yoga for years, only very basic classes and meditation yoga usually. But I'm sorry to make such a long intro, but I I have to tell you that you may have been responsible for saving my, my mental health. And I'm sure, I'm certain thousands of other people because you offered this free service to people one-on-one. I mean, to to have one-on-one today, it's, it's hundreds of dollars an hour um, on zoom with some of the best teachers. And I just want to say, thank you. I said, thank you. Then I got you on the phone somehow, because of course I was like, I need to do a massage and figure out who is the person behind this incredible gift to humanity. And I am so excited that I have a podcast where I get to just scream it to the world. We're, we're on the one top 100 podcast in Iceland. So now people in Iceland know <laughs> that this guy saved my life and many others. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us how you got to be who you are. Tell us a little bit about you. Thank you. That's an amazing story. And my name is Jitendra. Uh, I am the founder and CEO of My Yoga Teacher. I started another company, a company called Punch. I'm what people call a serial entrepreneur. This is my third company. One of the things I started realizing was that I would be stressed out. I would not know what to do with the with taking care of myself. Uh, my wife kind of uh, told me to do yoga. And whenever I did it, I'd be like, there's some magic here. But at the same time, I would find myself that I would get up in the morning thinking that I'm going to do yoga and, and there'd be an SMS or, or a mail and I would be like, okay, let me just respond to this or person and I would just not practice. I started thinking about this as uh, as Punch was uh, was was building up and uh, and getting to be hugely successful. I tried going to yoga classes, yoga studios, but that didn't work because I would be busy and I would figure out a way and there would always be a reason not to go. And I'd be like, okay, I'll go tomorrow. And and I, it would just never happen. I realized what I needed was that one-on-one connection, accountability. That's when the idea for my yoga teacher came in. I found a teacher in India. It had to be affordable. It had to be great. And with the teacher in, in India, I kind of 
got both of those. As soon as I did that, I was like, wow, there is a huge opportunity here. There is a huge need for a lot of people to get incredible instructions at an affordable rate. Before we get to the rest of the world, because I know that's really where this is coming from. You really want to save humanity. Tell me more about the magic of yoga for you. Like, where was that connection? Did you feel it in your heart? Did you feel it in your mind? Was it a combination where you would notice things were different in your life when you finally started to commit? Because I I also had that same thing where it was like, oh, I'll meditate tomorrow. You know, the put off, like a one day I'll do that. Once you started, what changed for you? So many things. There's so many things that yoga has done for me. The biggest is just awareness and a little bit of a sense of self-control. Plans, I would have these ideas that, okay, you know, my kids would say, hey, you're sitting there at the dinner table, but you're not there because, you know, you're thinking of something else. My wife would be like, did you even have hear what I said and I'd be like uh, and be somewhere else but with yoga taking the time and I practice three times a week I just am able to be more connected with myself my tennis game has improved dramatically uh, on the physical side but also my uh, my presence has improved so much I'm able to connect with my kids so much more I'm able to be there for the best part of their lives as they're growing up. Be there for my wife. Punch, I used to be stressed. With my yoga teacher, it's just been a labor of love. Yoga, you're able to keep a bigger, bigger perspective and connect with what is bothering you and kind of work it out. So all of that really has uh, has transformed my life. That's amazing. I sent you a little picture the other day from the book Abundance by Deepak Chopra. I've read all of his books. And the first one I read was Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I was 19. I started meditating because of him. I went out into the wilderness and he says, sit on the ground in that book. And I still have it. It's like highlighted all over the place. It was like my first Bible because I really wasn't into my own religion, sadly, before then. And I, after going to India and Thailand and Japan and Hong Kong and studying all these world religions, I finally came back home to Israel when I was like 24, 25 and stayed for almost two years. And that's when I really found a meshing of everything and how it's all so connected. But his words spoke right to my heart. And one of them is, is when you just sit in yoga, which really is meditation, it's where inside meets outside, right? That's like, I think what the word actually means. And, um, I think what I love about it the most for me is when we can physicalize, right? Like mindfulness actually is not what everyone thinks it is where you become mindful. It's actually almost mindlessness where you're, you're noticing your mind and then you're allowing it to let go. That's right. And I think what's so great about yoga is that especially, and I really appreciated it when I was very high stress and high anxiety during the the beginning of the pandemic, that's why it was so beneficial, is I noticed where the anxiety felt in my body. Now, anxiety is not actually something we feel. And I talk about this a lot throughout this podcast and in my documentaries. Anxiety is a symptom that something much, much bigger is going on. But we call it anxiety. We call it depression, right? And that way, the pharmaceutical companies, please don't cancel me, but can then come in and say, you have anxiety. Here's a pill. You have depression. And I'm not, for anyone who's listening who really struggles with those symptoms, I'm not trying to say you have nothing to worry about. But what I've learned in my own practice with anxiety and depressive moments is that it really, really is a symptom of something much bigger going on, something spiritual, something emotional, something physical. And um, I think 
it, I would love to hear your response because I, it's very obvious when you go to your website, myyogateacher.com, especially if you're worried about germs, it's just such a great answer for having no excuse. Can't go through traffic. You can't put it off till tomorrow. If you have an appointment at 9 a.m. on Friday morning, you're going to be able to do it. So what was your intention when you put it together for the world? There, there are a lot of people in the world who really love exercising, and I'm not one of those. <laughs> To me, exercising has always been a little bit of a chore. And having that accountability really changed everything. That having a teacher who is there. I mean, this is this is why anybody, a lot of the rich people, they have personal trainers. Because if you can afford it, you know they're going to keep you accountable and you're going to work out and you're going to be fit as a result. Our goal was to make it affordable for everybody and get that personal connection. It's our inertia. It's our ambivalence that keeps us getting to what we want to do. And this is especially true in fitness and having a human connection. When there is somebody who's really holding you by the hand, you're kind of overcoming that ambivalence and inertia is the best way to do it. This is actually the only way to do it in a very consistent way. And that's what we were looking to do, to bring the world closer, to connect each other. And as a result, help all of us overcome our ambivalence and inertia and be healthier and happier. Beautiful. And What's one thing you notice in the healthcare system or how we're treating patients right now with emotional distress, physical distress? What's one thing that you're seeing as a problem that you think maybe yoga could help solve or alleviate? I think we're going through an epidemic of stress, isolation, and loneliness in America. People are stressed out. It could be the, the market forces, could be politics. There are just so many things going on. And to overcome that, what you really need is, you talked about pharmaceuticals as uh, that people do. It really is not about that. It's about building those human connections back. We're getting isolated. We are getting kind of, uh, you know, into our own silos, not talking to each other. Uh, and having that experience of our humanity, our our uh, our connection with each other is really the the, the way uh, we're going to get out of this. And so that's what we are looking at doing, just providing that human connection. We Every session we do is live with the live teacher. A lot of companies are trying to do apply AI to this. Artificial intelligence is not what you need. What you need is the human intelligence. It's just kind of not another machine. This is a very human situation, human problem, ambivalence, inertia doesn't happen with machines. It's, it's uh, you know, having two different sides of different uh, pieces going together in, in our heads is is very human and, and that requires a human solution. And Hopefully yoga could be the first step to having people meditate every day more connectedly. And I know from my experience with my yoga teacher, you know, for those first, I mean, I did it the entire nine days that I was in the apartment. And then uh, I believe on day 10 or 11 or 12 is when I left New York. And I was so worried that I was sick, God forbid, even though I, I wasn't, thank God, but you know, maybe I had been exposed, but I, I had no symptoms. But every time I might have coughed or hiccuped, I was like, oh my God, I have it. Or do I have a headache? Or, you know, I was taking all my vitamins and my supplements like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember thinking that it wasn't just the yoga. It wasn't just getting connected to my body. It was that the person on the other end of the computer really seemed to care about my well-being and their voice. I mean, also I, I was connecting straight to India I think a couple times I had a teacher in Canada or the States, but it was mostly India. And, you know, at the time the broadband wasn't so good. My broadband in my uh, building was terrible. It was a really old building. I felt very held. And I think that's what you're talking about. And I want to sort of segue here into 
healthcare because I recently uh, endured a back injury and um, I, I wanted to tell, I couldn't wait to tell you about this today. I saw a spine doctor who will remain nameless because I don't like to badmouth people ever in my life, but I want to use it as an example because it was so scary. He looked me straight in the face and after just looking at one x-ray said, you will never feel better, I quote, unless you take medicine. And I said, oh, you don't know who you're dealing with. I just had a documentary of mine in a big film festival for recovery. And even though I'm not in recovery for drugs or substances, um, I'm very much against people doing drugs. And I said, I also am friends with the author of, his name is Harry Nelson, of The United States of Opioids. It's an amazing book that talks about how we're overusing opioids in such a disgusting way that like right now it's the number one cause of death, at least in Florida, the state that I'm in right now, for people under the age of 40. And I know that the numbers are very similar in other states. It just happens to be, I know the ones here. So then I went and and found this incredible um, turmeric doctor. Uh, She happens to be Indian. Her name is uh, Dr. Shivani Gupta. And she's amazing. And she comes from a family of surgeons, but she herself practices alternative medicine and teaches it. So after meeting her and learning about the benefits of, of organic turmeric, I use it like a, you know, an aspirin or a Tylenol. I don't actually take Tylenol anyway, but I do deep meditation. And when I went back, they laughed at me. I went for a second opinion, not, not him, but a different doctor. He said, you know, at your rate, after taking the MRI, just keep taking turmeric, do Pilates, do yoga, meditate, and God willing, you know, the, the, the lower back, it'll fuse on its own. And it's amazing that in the same exact office, you could have two doctors with two completely different opinions that, and one sent me crying to the river where I go to to cry. I literally cry by, really cry by a river. And the other one, I felt like the sun was out. So what, what do you have to say about that? I'm sure you get lots of practitioners and different kinds of healing healers, you know, alternative medicine. Do you have anything to say about other alternate styles of healing? Will that also come onto your website? We're a big believer in in alternative uh, medicine. We believe that a lot of the problems are so complex that just taking like one dimensional, one variable approach is just not uh, the right way to do it. So we just recently signed up with Dr. Lauren Fishman, who's wrote this really famous book, Yoga for Back Pain, which is essentially the Bible for uh, for back pain. Uh, we have a huge number of, of therapists who actually are very much focused on back pain, knee pain, neck pain. With yoga, there are levels, right? You start with the physical practice, then there is the breathing, there is the meditation, and then different levels that you can go in. A number of times, the pain that we feel is actually not related to just the pain. It's it's actually created by our mind. And, and having an ability to kind of really calm your mind down and, and really let the body kind of do its work is actually one of the most, most important thing that anybody suffering from chronic pain can do. So yoga actually, you know, breathing, some of these practices, some of these disciplines that really build up that reserve for you to be able to deal with the pain, to accept it, to kind of uh, work on, physically work on it, mentally work on it, uh, is is I, I believe a really great way to do it. Um, we see there are about 30 million people in America who are suffering from chronic pain. Uh, and there is 
you know physiotherapy market with the insurance with the with the way that is set up it's it's out of reach for a lot of people we want to take care of uh, you know all of those people we have incredible therapists who can do one on one practice and and really put together a plan to get you holistic put together i actually wrote a book right around the time that i met you in that bed where i was calling you from I wrote this book called, and then one day the world coughed. And it's, it's all about the blessings of the pandemic and how people started relaxing more and getting off their phones and spending time at home with their families and forgiving each other, which is, I think the oil that greases the nerves in our system and actually creates new genes that goes through the body. One of the benefits of staying home and actually not being able to go to the doctor is people started researching, oh, what could I eat instead? And what are the best foods to eat during a pandemic or ever. And people became more vegan. And <laughs> I say more vegan because I'm one of those people like, you know, Jesse Seinfeld, vegan at times, right? I took milk out of my diet mostly. I really have embraced this new way of looking at my body that it could actually help me instead of being afraid of it. Or I have a symptom. Let me stamp it out with medicine. Like medicine can only go so far. It may break down certain things, but then how do you build up? And yoga just fits so nicely there. And I heard Shivani say that people have been reaching out to her for turmeric because they realize, oh, Tylenol is actually causing my liver or my kidneys to have damage. And it's not really helpful for my body. It's helpful for my mind because it's a blocker of pain. And I think that there's something, and now we're going to get into the forgiveness part. You know, you said something so, you said a lot of profound things today. Um, but I think one of the, the biggest ones is that a lot of our pain can sometimes be referral pain or literally like um, a kindling effect. Like when I first started having lower back pain, I was, I, I actually went to different memories in my body and in my mind that these cells were holding. And um, I really would love to hear uh, if you want to, because I ask all of my guests, you know, what's one of your biggest forgiveness stories? Because I think that if we all took a few moments every day, as we meditate to release the anger or pain that we have that's emotional towards someone or some event, or maybe even God, a higher being, whatever you think caused the issues in your life, if we could really release them, do you think that would, number one question is, do you think that would have an effect on our overall well-being? And then if you'd like to speak to uh, your biggest forgiveness story, I'd love to hear it. It would absolutely help everybody if they were uh, more forgiving. Because, you know, when you hold that, and you don't forgive, it's the only person you're harming is yourself. Um, and uh, and one of the things that I noticed um, recently um, is how, and this is about me forgiving myself. I love food. Uh, I would overeat and, you know, it would lead for me to kind of like feel guilty. You know, we humans, you know, good food, you know, eat a bit too much, It's it happens. But then what happens is that leads to guilt. And that guilt leads to undercuts our self-control and the next day you kind of abuse it even more. And that's where the problem starts. And that's where I kind of realized the key thing that keeps it going, blaming ourselves and not forgiving ourselves. As I started kind of accepting it and you know, saying that, hey, you know, there are days I do really good and there's some days I I don't and it's okay. It's uh, it's just be, it's human to be part of that. And as I got rid of that guilt, it just gave me so much more control. I'm able to not get into this whole uh, vicious cycle 
that I used to get into and just be so much more in control that, okay, you know what, it's okay. And we'll, we'll catch up some other day. Feel so much more connected uh, with this, all because of realizing and kind of connecting with, with myself more. That- Beautiful. I have to tell you that most of the people that I have on this podcast say, I have to forgive myself. And, and isn't that so the case that we, we hold on to anger or pain from someone else. Like I'm sure you, you could probably find someone in your memory bank who may have uh, deemed you wrong for overeating a long time ago. And I, I think if you, if you just went back a little bit, you'd be like, oh, well, it's that person's fault that I'm overeating in the first place because they framed me, right? Like I'm, I was a fat kid or whatever that, you know, a lot of people carry that. I'm not saying you do, but mm-hmm. because my mom or my dad or my grandmother told me I was too eating too much. And then that becomes part of, of our overall like thought process and our programming, which right. creates genes that then create cortisol that goes through the body. And we say, Oh, I have to, I have to eat a little bit more paneer or whatever it is. So we, we do these things and then we have to forgive ourselves for allowing the programming to keep going. And so I think really everyone on this podcast really is, is in the process of forgiving themselves because we're all a hologram. Every, everyone outside of us who we has wronged us or said the, the meanest thing or did something terrible to us, we actually, we, we, get, we get the power to label it like that helped me in my life overall or that hurt me. And my job, I think, I hope as a leader or teacher or this podcaster, one of the reasons I created it is because the day that I decided that everything God does is either good or very, very good, because that's what my Torah teaches me in the first paragraph of the Torah, then I have to believe that even the things that were so painful are ultimately for the world's good, even though sometimes I may cause them, if that makes sense. And we actually have the ability, right, to choose to continue in a bad path or, or a good path? It applies to to a lot of my relationships. I'm just letting go and more accepting of my wife, more loving towards my kids, letting them do what they have to do and not be so structured in, in my thinking. And isn't that amazing? So much of the time, whatever we're doing to ourselves, we're all going to do it to others. And that's why I'm so passionate about forgiveness. When someone says, oh, I can never forget them, or I don't talk to my brother anymore. Now, again, I always have to caveat this by saying if the person is physically or emotionally or sexually abusive, uh, clearly there are rules, I think, in, in karma that you don't actually have to be physically near them or even talk to them again. However, I really believe this, and maybe you'll agree with me, that in this day and age, cancel culture is so thick that it feels like, I don't know this to be true, but it feels like people are cutting each other off because of how they voted or because of one thing they said on Facebook or because they once had an argument with them and it was hard. And to me, we are not going to make it in my humble opinion as a human race, if we continue to have these crazy rules of this is right this, I mean, people are saying get away from religion, right? And dogma, right? They don't want dogmatic rules. But then when, it, you know, as human beings, we're meaning making machines. So we, we cut people off and we scream at them and we defriend and block. 
you know, I'm, I'm using your terms in Cupertino. It's my hope that people will have more of an awakening the way that you did. And, and I, I also want to say that I love to hear, you know, these big CEOs of the tech companies come out and share their true feelings and what they're growing through philosophically, because you can come across like, and I'm sure, you know, lots of people in Silicon Valley. I know the show. I have a few friends that were on that show. It's hilarious, but it's also very dark and very sad how they're like, I'm making all this money. And now I'm down in the dumps. And, you know, poor Elon Musk, I mean, regardless of how you feel about him, it's incredible how much bad press someone can get in three seconds, all for making a business decision. We're not even looking at him as an emotional being who may suffer from certain things. And well, so it's just very interesting to me. So if you have anything to say on that, I'd love to. I, I totally agree with you. We, we are too quick to make very simplistic labels, think about people in one dimensional, one variable kind of a way. Everybody is complex and there is a lot more going on. And the more we can appreciate it, we will find that 99% is pretty much common, same as ours. 1% that we might be disagreeing on is it's just that, but beneath it, it's like everybody is cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I agree. What's one thing that you think everyone could do to live a life of more freedom? Freedom. I would say take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-love, meditate, do what needs to be done to kind of connect with yourself because that is where the key for success is, key for happiness is, key for joy is. We kind of keep chasing things that are out there. I'll tell you this really beautiful story of this very famous Muslim character, Mullah Nasiruddin. One day, Mullah Nasiruddin is uh, is kind of like, you know, it's dusk. Uh, this is pre-electricity days in, in a little town in Pakistan. He's kind of on all fours outside his house. A couple of soldiers kind of walk by and they're like, Mulaji, what happened? What what are you doing? And Mulaji is like, oh, I lost my key. So they're like, okay, let's help you. So they get on all fours. They start looking. A couple of shopkeepers come by and they're like, you know, what are you guys doing? What's going on? So the soldiers say, Mulaji lost his keys. So they're like, okay, you know, let's kind of help as well. So they start get they get on all fours. Then a kid walks by and kid looks at Mulaji and he's like, Mulaji, what happened? And Mulaji is like, I lost my key. So he's like, okay, I'll help you, but where did you lose it? And and Mulaji says, you know, I actually lost it inside the house. So so the kid says, so then why are you looking for it outside? And Mulaji says, because there is no light inside. There's no chance he's going to get his key, but that's what we keep doing. We just keep kind of getting on all fours, looking for like things outside, whereas like, you know, the thing that unlocks it is inside the house. And yoga is the way in which you can actually turn on the light inside. You can actually find your keys and and uh, and be on your way. Oh, that was so beautiful. Uh, first thing I, I thought was, is he going to say they weren't in plank pose? <laughs> that's a yoga joke um but i actually heard it told a little bit differently from wayne dyer uh, dr wayne dyer who is one of my favorite i love listening to his voice he has such a beautiful gravelly voice and he shares so much wisdom and he practiced yoga he thought he thought he was going to have chronic pain for many years he had already had it for a few years and then he went on a journey i believe i can't remember the mountain range he was in forgive me but it was not on the north american continent I think he may have been in Rome. I don't know if there's mountains in Rome, forgive me, but somehow he saw a saint come down these stairs of the mountain. And he said in that moment, 
his knee pain was gone. They were looking up at the the steepness of the mountain. They were like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And he was able to carry people down. And, and I remember that story. I hope I'm getting it right to a, a physical therapist recently. And I said, um, I, it's so funny that I'm having this now because it was rescheduled. And since I've been in my third month of Pilates and yoga, I'm feeling so much better. Like my back is just, I, I barely have any pain. I'm taking turmeric. Right. Um, I'm taking this turmeric anti-inflammatory. It's so wonderful. And, and he looked at me, he's like, turmeric. Oh, that's funny. And then he's, he's, I said, have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? Because I had uh, one of his top um, hematologists who's studying blood right now and how the debris in the blood that they, they scientists never thought they would need the debris. It's literally called debris in the blood. They're, that is the, how they're tracking meditators versus non-meditators. And he's on episode 15. Um, I had him on very early. Fascinated with this guy. He's tracking scientifically in blood, how meditation and yoga actually changes the genes in our body. It gives me the chill. So I'm telling this PT my story and he's like yawning and rolling his eyes. And I said, no, you don't understand. Like I've met people who had bladder cancer at this, um, well, we know at this retreat and they walked away and they didn't have bladder cancer anymore. And he's looking at me like, he goes, oh, do you think you can meditate and get red hair if you wanted to? And I, I, I didn't get offended because I look at everyone with like half glass full, you know, rose colored glasses. But later when I got home, I said, oh, he was making fun of me. And, and that's okay. I probably would have made fun of that kind of idea too many years ago, but I've seen the light from the inside way too many times in the last two years, being part of coherence healings and studying with um, my coach from, from India also um, so much wisdom in the East, so much wisdom in, in spirit and in energy. And we're so fixated on skin and bones and orthopedics and medicine that physically goes in and, and really we're getting it all wrong because if we really go into the energy and we're held by, let's say a yoga teacher one-on-one or a practitioner who can do cranial sacral work over the areas in the body or a coherence healing where, where you know, hundreds of people gather on zoom and they send love and light through the internet, you know, to someone's pancreas or shoulder that is messing with the i'm getting the chills just talking about it we are you are creating a space you jitendra are creating a space for very powerful healing and when someone says no you know i need to go to a yoga class in person i like being adjusted you know that feeling because it is a nice feeling when you get the reiki of the person over you or under you but I'm telling you, as someone who lived through a freaking pandemic where I was in the Walking Dead video game, my voice is in it. I went out when I snuck outside to go to the park because I still did it because the CDC actually said you could go out for 15 minutes if you wanted to. So I would like run every day for those 15 minutes. I would time it because I like to be by the book, but I put my hands in the earth and it was still freezing outside. And it felt like the Walking Dead. People were dying inside from so much anxiety. And, um, so I just, I, again, I just want to thank you so much. What's the language that your family speak from? Hindi. Uh, are you Hindu? Or are you Muslim? Are you a combo? Hindu. Well, how do you say thank you? Hindi. Dhanewat. Dhanewat. 
How do we get to you? How do we learn about you? Do you have a book coming out? Tell us everything. Uh, we have uh, a 15-day free trial. Go to myyogateacher.com. We have incredible classes uh, and one-on-one sessions. We have classes for Tantra meditation. We have Trataka meditation. We got like really authentic, deep teachings. Medit- bhajan, Kirtan, Satsang, um, you know, Mantra chanting, Kriya Pranayam, um, on and on and on uh, that you can actually learn a great deal, connect with a huge community. Um, all you have to do, go to myyogateacher.com, um, sign up for the free trial, 15 days, first two weeks, you actually get to kind of try for free. Uh, and, you know, during pandemic, as Barbara, you, you, you were kind of mentioning, we actually gave away a million free classes because that is what our mission is to improve the physical and mental well-being of the entire planet. And, and that situation called for that. So we we did it. So come and try it, try it for free and, and then decide, uh, you know, we'd love to have you as members. That's how I got hooked. It, it was the 15 days of saving my life. Really, I was so anxious. And I'm sure it actually had, I should give you credit, partial credit for, for writing this because honestly, it, it it helped connect me to my creative side, which to me is the most important thing when we're suffering from anxiety. I always say, okay, what what am I going to do? What are we, me and God, going to create with this anxiety? What, what, what are we doing with it? Otherwise, it stays static. But I, I want to, to give you a blessing because that's how Jewish people leave each other, um, at least those who know that it's a custom. I didn't have it growing up. I didn't know anything about giving blessings, but I want to give you a blessing if you'll allow me that. Ugh, I'm going to cry. What you did by giving away those million classes of healing, may God protect you and hold you and your family in the same way, the same loving way that those teachers held all of those millions of people. And may you always be taken care of. May your health always be good. May you always have financial success. And may you feel the ramifications of all that healing. May it just come back to you tenfold. Thank you so much, Barbara. Really appreciate that. Say amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Amen in Hebrew, I just want to tell you very quickly, is made up of Aleph, Mem, Nun, Sofi. El, God. Melech is a sovereign being. Uh, Ne'aman, that has faith in us. So when we say amen, it completes the blessing. Beautiful. You taught me some... uh, a beautiful folklore I wanted to teach you too. Thank Thanks. you so much for, for being here. My pleasure. Gonna... Thank you for uh, having me. Aww. Okay, here's some nuggets of wisdom. Number one, I asked him, what is the magic of yoga? Jatendra said self-control, being more present, more connected with himself. He did not have that until he started practicing regularly, and now he does it three times a week. Number two, uh, we talked about how when we physicalize, wherever our difficult feelings are, we can actually release them more. Anxiety and depression can't really be found in the body. If I were to say, where's your anxiety right now? You might point to a place, but that's because you're, you're feeling energy there. And sometimes when we do that, we can pinpoint and realize that there's feelings we're actually holding in the body, just like we can sometimes have heartache. It, it actually physicalizes somewhere. And once we start to go in there and think about and feel into what is that feeling? Why am I having this feeling? And we see a memory or something someone said and we release it, we have a greater chance of not holding or harboring any pain or dis-ease in the body. Number three, intention for his sight. When I asked Jatendra, what was your intention behind creating myyogateacher.com? He said, in this space today, people are creating videos and AI characters 
where a person could go online and study yoga one-on-one with an emoji or something that is robotic. And he said, in America right now and all over the world, people are really suffering from loneliness and lack of human connection. And especially when studying yoga, you need that interpersonal, wonderful human connection live, even if it's not in the same room. Through the internet, we can have someone take a look at your body and be there for you. And actually, you can start to feel, I know I've done it myself because I am a student in myyogateacher.com. And it actually saved me when I was going through a really difficult time because I could feel through the internet a real deep human connection one-on-one. There was accountability. And he wanted to make it affordable for everyone on the planet who can't afford healthcare, maybe they're having a difficult time getting a physical therapist, to have someone one-on-one who can hold them accountable, uh, look at their plan, look at their body, give them choices that they might not have otherwise had. Number four, we talked about how you can use the herb turmeric as an anti-inflammatory and it works wonders. I myself have been taking an anti-inflammatory as well as just a straight up turmeric pill from Dr. Shivani Gupta, who's wonderful. You can look her up online and she's really been helping me understand how certain herbs can actually heal the body as opposed to just having a pain blocker that affects the mind. Number five, check out Dr. Lauren Fishman's book, Yoga for Back Pain. He is now a partner on myyogateacher.com and you can find videos of him. Number six, brought up writing the book and then one day the world coughed around the same time as when I discovered myyogateacher.com and how potentially just by taking those classes one-on-one, I not only was able to ground myself and find someone in the world who could hold space for the anxiety that I felt, but I might have been more keen on writing a book, which I did, about all the blessings that happened during the pandemic and all the wonders that would come, including people thinking about how we use our body. And some of that came from just not being able to go to the doctor because we were on lockdown. So people had to do research and say, how can I work out in the walls of my home? How can I work out just outside if if I'm allowed to be in, in the earth right outside my home? What do I have in the house that might be natural ways of healing? And uh, I know Dr. Shivani Gupta, who is not related, by the way, to this guest, Chitandra Gupta, but uh, they both happen to be Indian. And um, in Indian culture, it's all about what do I have in the house that I can heal with? What, what are some Ayurvedic methods? And it all came from what was around the house and um, wisdom that they, that they gleamed from their elders. So I'm just so blown away by them. Number seven, forgiveness sometimes shows up in the body as well. A lot of our pain can be referral pain or a kindling effect. There might be memories inside of the pain in the cells that hold different painful memories. And one of his biggest forgiveness stories, uh, Jitendra said, was forgiving himself for overeating and allowing himself not to feel guilty for it and not causing the vicious cycle of, oh, I overate, now I feel guilty, now I'm going to eat some more, and then I'm going to feel bad, and then I'm going to feel guilty, and I'm just going to feel really bad about myself and cause myself to have no self-control. Number eight, we agreed that cancel culture is now pervasive and we need to think of each person as complex and that there is a lot more going on and 99% of ourselves are exactly the same. It's the 1% that people got caught up on is what Jatender was talking about, that when that is the focus, just that 1%, it becomes just earth shattering and we need to figure out how we can see each other as cut from the same cloth because 
we all are. Number nine, Jitendra said, taking care of yourself is the thing that he believes if everyone had that, they'd be more free. They'd experience more freedom. Uh, doing more meditation, practicing self-love, connecting with yourself, it's the key for true success and joy. Number 10, Jitendra shared a beautiful story with the moral being, don't look outside of yourself for the answers because the light is truly inside. And 11, if you want to say the words thank you in Hindi, you can say it like this, Tahevat. And finally, if you want to become a student at myogateacher.com, just go to myogateacher.com. You can do 15 days totally for free. There's all different kinds of classes. I loved it. I think that you will too. And I so look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about this episode and going on that site and healing yourself. And why wouldn't you want to support a company? Gave away a million free classes just because the world really, really needed it. Can you imagine if every single company did that where they gave away a million free somethings just because it went along with their mission? Uh, I'm just so blown away by him and what they were able to do. And I was one of the recipients of that. So I hope that if you're just listening to this episode for the first time, you will take a moment to take a deep breath and say amen, because that blessing that I gave Jitendra at the very end of the episode is what this is all about. And if you say amen, then it has a much higher chance of happening. Every time you hear someone say a blessing to someone else, even if they say good morning or I hope that everything works out for you. Even if you don't know the person, you just pass by them in a hallway somewhere, at the DMV, in a restaurant, you hear someone give someone a, some sort of lovely blessing, always say amen because every time you do that, you are seeing one beautiful soul. You are contributing to the beauty in the world and the possibility of great energy. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking to you soon. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.